0: Before we go and get going, speaking of lawbreaker, I just need to have a moment, I'll take an internal vote, okay? This is serious. By raise of hands, who would like to break the law of daylight saving time? Okay, all right, I feel like I'm in good company, okay? Like, didn't the government, like, pass something, and then I stopped hearing about it? I mean, I don't know what's going on. Messing up our sleep cycles, if you got little babies like this one here that's looking at me oh my goodness you know you know the whole sleep cycle gets messed up you know you finally figure them out and then we changed our whole lives by an hour and it's just and it's so dark so early and that's why people you know this is why i put my christmas lights up early and people give me a hard time i got them all up who's got them up who's got your tree up that's right light it up it's time for all of those you are like you're crazy and you're like Barry Martin, like the Scrooge. That's okay. You'll, you'll wait all the way till like the day of Christmas to put it up and then take it down right after. That's fine. You can live in the darkness, but I'm going to light it up, okay? It's time to light it up, okay? And I bring this up because Jesus in our text in John chapter 8 brings up the concept of light. Let me show you in verse 12. He says this. And again Jesus spoke to them saying, say it with me. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And we don't know exactly why he brought up this illustration, but it wasn't just an illustration, it was a real statement. Maybe he brought up the illustration because the sun was rising or the sun was setting and he was relating it to the sun being the ultimate source as he's the ultimate source. It also could have been that during this time it was the, ta- the Feast of Tabernacles and one of the traditions for that week holiday is that they would literally have these massive tubs of oil that would light up because they didn't have electricity that would light up the courtyards to shine on the temple. But that would only last for a week and then it would go dark. Just like the feeling of when Christmas is over and you turn the lights off and it's like, oh. or daylight savings time, right? And it's like, oh, it's so dark. Jesus potentially could have been using that as a backdrop to show that, yes, this light's here, but it's going away. But I'm the light of the world. And there's no shadow or darkness that can compete with this light. It will always stay on, it will always stay constant. And so today, what's going to happen is, is we're going to look at as we go through this text, We're going to investigate three specific shadows that can creep into our lives. Shadows of darkness that can get into our minds or get into our hearts that we don't even realize is there. And so we're going to look at that, and my hope is that all of us will be discerning and we'll have humility to process maybe some shadows that have been grown in our hearts that we haven't even realized. And then, listen, if you're not a Jesus follower in the room and you're just checking this out, I'm so glad you're here, seriously. Uh, Because just like Lizzie said in her baptism video, following Jesus doesn't make your life easier, but it does make your life better. And so when you follow his ways and his light and you get some of that into your life, it actually helps. So, you know, whether you follow Jesus or not, I encourage you to just don't check out, lean into this light, okay? So that's our goal. But before we dive in, I want to pray as always. So God, Father, thank you for being our light. Thank you for being the light of the world. And I just ask that you would help us to be open to what shadows might be stirring in our lives that we don't know about. Maybe we already know about them, but uh, help us to be honest with them today. Thank you so much for your word that we can have, that can guide us, that pushes us, that strengthens us, that encourages us. Um, We're so thankful for your word. Father, please get me out of the way. May your word pop off the pages to each one specifically where it needs to be. And I pray this in the power of your son's holy name, Jesus. Amen. So hey, as you grab your Bible and you grab your journal, and I just want to say hi to those watching live online. Maybe you're checking us out for the first time. We're glad that you're checking us out. Maybe you're traveling and, or maybe you're sick and uh, you call this place your home. We can't wait to see you back when you come back or when you're feeling better. But John chapter 8, uh, as you grab your Bible, grab the journal to take notes. This is coming off of the heels of the conversation that took place last week when uh, the woman who was caught in adultery, Barry did a great job uh, preaching that message. And we're literally, the conversation just continues. So it didn't wait a week, and then we jumped back in. This is a continuation. So let that be the backdrop uh, in your mind that that just happened. People were just about to stone a woman for being caught in adultery. And then Jesus, like, if you didn't, weren't here last week, check that message out. And then the, con- the, the conversation continues, okay? So John 8, verse 13. You guys ready? All right, let's do it. John 8, verse 13. says this, so... The Pharisees, continuing this conversation, uh, so the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. And then if you're taking notes, underline this, you judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. And so these religious leaders, what are they doing? They're trying to trap Jesus again. And then what does Jesus start doing? Jesus starts literally calling out the religious darkness that is in these religious leaders. Or in other words, he's calling out their spiritual shadows. And if you're taking notes, that's the first shadow we got to watch out for in our lives, is that spiritual shadow. He's saying, listen, you know the law, you know religion, but you really don't know me. You're making these spiritual judgments based on your flesh, based on your ignorance, based on your narrowness, but you know, you're know you not looking at the overall truth that I'm putting right in front of you and how easily it can be for us right, to grow in our self-righteousness, to grow in our holiness, and then we can become ignorant of the spiritual shadows that we are putting on our own lives or are casting upon other people. We've talked about this the last couple of weeks, about the idea of casting judgment upon others how easy we can be so quick to judge others instead of judging ourselves. So I want to take this section in two different angles. The first angle is this. Notice Jesus gets judged. Okay? Religious leaders who are following the law perfectly, right? They're super holy. They're judging Jesus. How does that make Jesus feel? Now, I know he's Jesus, but in his humanness, he's still dealing with the annoyance of that and the hurt that comes with it. When religious people are trying to judge you and push that in your face. Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me this week. Where people will literally, because they're so holy or perfect, and maybe know the Bible so much better, will want to kind of throw that in your face, and then try to use the Bible to trap you to make you feel less than. And that's really annoying. That can really be hurtful. And I just wanted to pause, because some of you are new to the faith, You just received Jesus as your Savior maybe in the last year and maybe you've encountered some religious people that are trying to puff up their religiousness and try to make you feel less than because of how much they know and you don't know. And here's what I want to remind you. Don't let that spiritual shadow cover over your life. And please be reminded of this truth. There is no professional Christians. It does not exist. We are all nothing. And are only something because of Jesus. We are saved by grace all on the same level. And if you are someone right now that is struggling with your spiritual, you know, highness and are trying to push that over people to make them feel less than for the love, please stop. It hurts the family. The second thing I wanted to talk about in this issue is that here we have religious leaders that are so caught into the motions of them obeying the law. And they have fallen into the trap. They're literally looking at the Son of God in the flesh, and they've fallen into the trap of the motions of obeying the law. And this is a danger that this trap has happened since then all the way till now, where people start following a faith of good instead of a faith in God. Where so easily we can just start to believe this thought that if I'm good enough, and the good outweighs the bad, then in the end, God will save me based on my good behavior. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And it's so sad because I have so many friends that are caught in this trap. And maybe you're caught in that trap. You have this spiritual shadow of good. And I'm telling you, that's not truth. Here's the truth. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Write it down. For by grace you have been saved through, say it with me. One more time. Faith. Faith not by works, but by faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Here's the danger, friends. If you don't embrace this truth, you will literally, the only alternative is a salvation in your own hands. You're putting it in your own hands instead of the Father's hands. It's creating a faith of good instead of a faith in God. If that's you, And let today be the day where Jesus lights up that spiritual shadow that has been hanging out in your life. Let's keep going. Then it says in verse 21, it says, So he said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your sins. Underline that because that's going to come up two more times, and there's a reason for that. And you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself since he says, where am I going, you cannot come? And then he said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. And so Jesus is pointing out a very important truth here that he's saying, look it. You're from below. I'm from above. You're of this world. And I am not of this world. Which reminds me of when Jesus, as we've been, as a church family, the last couple of months going through the Lord's Prayer. Remember, it says, your, will, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What are we praying for? God, that you would bring your ways into our world. That you would bring your will and in, in your world into our world. We want you, your world into our world. Invade that. Because if you didn't know, I just want to remind you, the world that we live in today is ran by Satan. Satan's real, evil's real, and Satan has his own values, his own ideologies, and his own ethics, his own values, his own paths, and it's constantly at war against God's values and God's ethics. And so we have to be alert of the ethical shadows. That's the next one, our ethical shadows that can start creeping into our lives. Jesus said uh, we are to be in the world but not of the world. But it's very difficult, right? Because the world gets so loud, and it starts to rub up on us, and then eventually we might not even realize we start to drift or shift into the world's ideologies instead of God's perfect ideologies and values for our own life. And so there's so many examples of this major contrast. It's a major contrast. But I just want to give you one example of that contrast that we see uh, in scripture, of how we have to be careful and, and be alert and be on guard um, as light agents and carriers. Okay, so here's the one First uh, uh, Timothy, if you're taking notes, First Timothy 1 9, it says this For the law was not intended for people who do, not, who do what is right, it is for people who are lawless and rebellious, who are ungodly and sinful, who consider nothing sacred and defile what is holy, meaning what is from above, we want nothing to do with. What is this, God? We want nothing to do with. We're going to go ahead and just do what the world says. We're going to go ahead and go with the evil and the world tells us to do. We want evil. We want the world to guide our lives. And then he basically gives a list. This is not an exhaustive list. This is just one list of many different lists that we see in Scripture. But I just want to throw that up there. And again, have humility, have discernment as we walk through this. It says this. That was a, that was a pretty cool ringer, John. I like that. Well, don't answer it, bro. Like, you can call him back later, okay? Thanks, John. I love you, John. All right, anyways. Who kill, then it goes on, and then it says this, who kill their father or mother. I want to stop there. I mean, the idea of of any of us wanting to kill our father and mother, I think we'd all agree, like, well, that's crazy. We're not going to do that, right? But then it goes on, and it says, or commit other murders, which falls into the camp where the world tries to drift people away from God's way and says that, you know, murdering a child in the womb, we kind of can fade to that. Because of the inconvenience, oh, it's really not life, right? And we can just slowly drift that that is a normalized thing. Then it says, the laws for people who are sexually immoral... There's a lot underneath there, but this brings up the importance that before you're married, you shouldn't live together. Before you're married, you should remain pure. And then I get young people and old people, but a lot more young people asking me, well, Travis, help us out here. How far is too far? And when anyone asks me that, I'm like, because you're asking that probably means that you might be going too far. Here's the other thing. Private parts are called private for a reason. So keep them private until you are married. And then when you're married, you can make them public. <laughs> Only to each other, okay? <laughs> Only to each other. Okay? Let's Keep that just between you and your spouse, please. Please, thank you. Um, then I get people telling me, well, Travis, that's old school. And I started thinking about it. You're right. It is old school. Because God declared it long ago. And his ways, his light, is just flat out better. It's just flat out better. Then, uh, or who practiced homosexuality. Here's another way. Where the world's ways want God's ways to fold on this. Where as we live in a world where the LGBTQ plus lifestyle is trying to become normalized. And if you don't embrace it. And if you don't normalize it and embrace it and affirm it, then you are unloving and a bigot. Which really, it's quite the opposite. That it's actually loving where you stand true to what God's word says. But then here's what happens. Then you start having conversations, and the LGBTQ plus community will start, not all, but some, will try to dismiss this, that this is a linguistical or contextual error. And I'm just wanting to just state truth that, that's a flat out lie. Multiple times in the New Testament, in the Greek language, homosexuality is translated as homosexuality. And in Hebrew and the Old Testament, it's the same thing. Homosexuality is the same as it was then as it is today. But slowly we start to normalize it like it's just no big deal. Or as slave traders. We deal with this. We were living in the effects, Metro Detroit, of of, of, of slavery and the effects of racism. We we, we we deal with this right now when we turn on the news. When you look at the, at the tension of racism between uh, Jewish um, and Palestinian folks right now. And, and the horrors that are happening there. Liars. Little lie here, little lie there. No big deal. Who cares about integrity? Promise breakers. When I think about promise breakers, I think about divorce. Where it's like one party or one, you know, couple where they just feel like, you know what, forget it. It's just too hard. It's just too inconvenient. I just can't deal with you anymore. And there's not a biblical just cause for divorce. And biblical just cause for divorce is, I always like to think about the three A's, adultery, abuse, and abandonment. But we know that God hates divorce. It, it, It pains him to see divorce take place. But so easily we live in a world, well, if it's not good for you, then move on. Or who do anything else that contradicts the wholesome teaching that comes from the glorious good news. Notice it says, entrusted to me by our blessed God. Entrusted to me. For those of us that are Jesus followers, he is the light of the world. But then he says, Matthew 5.14, that we are the lights of the world. We are his light carriers. And he is entrusting us to help push back the darkness of the world. To stand up and to push back darkness that is all around us. Now, whoo! that was a big little section of scripture I like hit every political tension that you can think of right now right it's like holy smokes I can just feel the tension in the room now I just wanted you to see the contrast between the world's ethics and God's ethics where have you been drifting where might you have been drifting Where have you allowed the ethics of the world's darkness to shadow over your life? Allow this truth to light up those shadows. Odds are in a room this size, there's many of us in this room that are guilty of some of the things on this list. I am. Anyone else? Okay, cool, good. Yeah, me me too. Me too. Odds are, in a room like this, some of you right now are really struggling with one of these things or going, or wanting to take part in one of these things. And listen, I'm not dismissing the struggle. That's why there's a tension here. These are real temptations and struggles and things that people face and are dealing with it. Either you're dealing with it or you have family members that are dealing with it. It's real. And I'm not dismissing that. Some of you right now are potentially making a decision today that you might go through with something. Or you might act out on something. Or you might just say, you know what, the heck with it, I'm just going to do what I want. I don't know where you're at in that. Please hear me. Let this not be a, a, a message that you're feeling or hearing condemnation. This is, let this be the loving God of the universe trying to speak to you, to convict you, to bring his light into your life in this shadow right now. And for those of you that are Jesus followers in the room, please hear me. For those who are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. So if, if, if you've fallen in any of these areas, are struggling in any of these areas, go to King Jesus. Talk to him about it. If, if you confess your sins and your heart to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Now, some of you, you have asked God to forgive you for some of these things. But you still haven't forgiven yourself. And maybe today you need to embrace his forgiveness and be freed from that guilt and that shame. Be freed. Stop living in the bondage. You are forgiven. Not that we take his grace for granted. Remember last week after the woman was caught in adultery, he looked at her and he said, go and sin no more. And so we move on. God shows us the beautiful tension between grace and truth. He's the perfect balance. He's the perfect model for us. And so we have to live in that. We have to model that. Where might there be some ethical shadows that you might need Jesus to light up? Then it goes to verse 24. I told you that you would die in your sins. Notice the second time it's brought up. And notice the personal touch here. I told you that you would die in your sins. This is the last shadow that I want to talk about today. The personal sin shadows that have become accustomed into our lives. That have kind of creeped and grown into our lives. And we're like, what in the world? How did this even get in here? How did it get to this point? My kids and I last week were uh, playing in the basement uh, sardines. You know, you just turn all the lights off and they hide. And you get a trophy and it first happens, the lights go off and You can't see anything. You're running into poles and stubbing your feet and the whole thing. But then after a while, you start to adjust to the darkness. And in the same way, we, in our personal um, shadows, we can start adjusting to it. Over time, um, things like jealousy can build up, right? Or bitterness can build up. Or greed. Or the love of money. Or alcoholism. Or foul language. Or lustful thoughts, right? The list goes on and on and on and on. But God gives us... A great remedy tool to help us get rid of those personal shadows to try and to find true healing from. And that's through the art of confession. Not just to him, but to one another. So that personal shadow, that that's the third one. But let me show you this. Uh, Proverbs 28. If you hide your sins, you will not succeed. Pretty, pretty obvious, pretty black and white here, right? Don't hide it. Concealing, I used to say concealing keeps you from healing. If you confess and reject them, you will receive mercy. Then it says this, James 5, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. I have, obviously, many personal shadows that have grown in my life throughout the years that I've had to deal with. Uh, Share with you one of them. Uh, In college, I... I, uh, it was, you know, we live in the world of te- te- technology, and I- I'm 41, and all of a sudden I get this, like, you can have your own personal laptop with high-speed Internet, and I have my own dorm room, and I just got sucked in by the enemy and the dark shadow of pornography. Bad. I was in Bible school, for crying out loud. You know, looking at pornography and then walking into, like, 930 New Testament 101 just the shame and the guilt that would come over me. And then I was engaged at that time to my lovely wife Jen and and then I thought, you know, we, we was trying to deal with it and then I thought, well, hey, once I get married, it'll all go away. Another lie. So if you're engaged and you're struggling with pornography and you think you get married, that's a lie. And then you step into your marriage and some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you're dealing with that right now, man or woman. You're stepping into your new marriage and you're like, what the heck? Why is this still an issue? And so people ask me, okay, Travis, how did you find victory over the pornography thing? Here's three things. First thing guardrails. You have to treat yourself like a kid. When it comes to technology, you gotta lock it down. You gotta lock it down. You gotta know whatever app or whatever thing you're tempted with. You gotta put covenant eyes, softwares on your computer, software on your phones. My phone right now still, and don't take this the wrong way, God's given me a lot of, I, am, I have had victory over this, but I still, because I don't want the enemy to have a way in my life because I know where I can be weak. My wife's the only one that has the passcode to this phone to download or, or take off apps. I have to give it to her. And she's the only one that knows, knows the code. So if she forgets it, I'm in trouble because then we can't get into my phone. Um, so guardrails, you know, lock it down. Secondly... You have got to speak the gospel over your life every day. Because odds are, I'm not trying to like make you fall here, but if you're truly addicted to pornography like I was, you um, most likely will have another slip-up. And in that slip-up, the enemy will want to bury you in the pit of that shadow. And so you have to learn instead of wailing in your sin, of course you go and you seek forgiveness, but you feel like a broken record. I have nothing more to say because I keep doing the stupid thing over and over again. So you got to stand up out of it, seek forgiveness, look at yourself in the mirror, and say, I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. I have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And you speak it until you believe it, until it makes sense. And you are a soldier of the king of the universe. You speak it over yourself. Okay? And then the last thing is confessing not only to him, but confessing to one another. Which is probably the hardest one. And if you're married, it needs to be your spouse. I can't prove that biblically, but personally, it needs to be your spouse. And you're like, are you kidding me, dude? No, I'm not. I truly believe that I would not be standing on this stage as a pastor of this church if it wasn't for my beautiful wife, Jen, bearing this burden and this darkness with me. Of course, it was painful. But I honored my wife in the first service, and I honor her again in the second service. Thank you, Jenna for walking with me and not taking it so personally that she couldn't walk with that darkness and walk with that shadow. Of course, she never excused it, um, but she was willing to see it as the darkness and shadow that was attacking me, And, and together, I came out of that darkness. But God used my beautiful wife to take me out of it. As hard as it was, I mean, I'll never forget those moments. I mean it's the worst thing to go to your spouse and tell them yeah, I messed up again. I mean, of course, but that's actual another thing that kept me from it. So, anyways, um, last thought on this, sorry. Some of you are no are in it, and no one knows it but you. I'm telling you, I'm living proof you can be healed. Follow me as I followed Christ. If I can have victory, I promise that you can have victory too. If I can have victory, you can have victory too. Last section. says this. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. There it is again, third time. So they said to him, Who are you? And Jesus said to them, Just what I've been telling you from the beginning. (laughs) I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father, so Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, which is referring to Jesus being lifted up on the cross in his crucifixion, then you will know that I am he. And that I do nothing on my own authority but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Then he says this, as he was saying this, as he was saying these things, check this out. Many believed in him. And that caught me this week. Why? Why was it in this conversation that many believed in him? I mean, this group of people were following him around. They were trying to trap him, and then he'd come back, and they would be trapped by his wisdom. He was saying things that were blowing their minds. They were wowed by this. Not only that, they were wowed by the power of Jesus healing the blind, healing the sick, healing people that couldn't walk from birth. I mean, it was unbelievable the things that he was doing, healing leprosy. Not only that, he was breaking the laws of gravity by multiplying bread and walking on water, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And then, why now? Now, I can't prove this, but this is my take personally that the reason why many believed in this moment, you got to go back to verse 24. Because in verse 24, it says this, for unless you believe that I am he, in your Bible, if you're taking notes, I just want you to circle that I am. Because in our English language, you can miss that a lot. What Jesus was doing right here, he was quoting the great title of God. Ego emi. Ego eimi, in Greek, which in Hebrew was the translation of Yahweh. Where God gave that first title of his great title, the great I am, back in Exodus chapter 3, when God spoke to Moses through the burning bush, and he says, I am that I am the great I am. And so in this moment, I imagine this crowd is like, all the puzzle pieces are connecting. He did this, he did that, he said this. said that and now he just claimed not only to be the son of God but to be the God, the great I am it was in this moment that they were settling for themselves who Jesus was And later that he was going to be lifted up on the cross and not only lifted up on the cross, but three days later, lifted up out of the grave and then promising the world that all who call upon him, he will lift up into glory with him. And so that crowd had to settle for themselves who Jesus truly is and was. And it's the same decision that all of us in this crowd have to make today too. Have you settled in your heart Who Jesus truly is. And I end with this thought there's good news and bad news. Notice it said three times. I think it was because Jesus was trying to warn that crowd, and I truly believe he's trying to warn you that if you don't believe that Jesus is the great I am, you will die in your sins. But if you believe that Jesus is, the great I am. You will not die in your sins, but you will be saved from your sins. Where do you stand with Jesus? The light of the world who pushes back all darkness and all shadows. If you haven't received Jesus, the great I am into your life, then I want to give you that opportunity today. And so let's just, everyone, just bow your heads and close your eyes with me. And if that's you, if you're honest and you say, Travis, I've never received the light of the world into my life. I've never declared that Jesus is the great I am, that he is the God and king of my life. I've never made it my own. I've never got the dose of his light in my life. I've literally been walking in darkness. But today, I want to make Jesus my king. I want to declare that to him. And so if that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm going to count to three. If that's you, and you say, I want Jesus to save me of my sin. I don't want to live in the darkness no longer. I'm going to count to three, and you just raise your hand so I can pray for you. One, two, three. Just raise your hand. Amen. I see you right there. Amen. I see you. Anyone else? You're not alone. I see you guys over there, amen. You guys, put your, okay, awesome, amen, amen. I see you back there as well, amen. Okay, you guys can put your hands down. I'm gonna lead you through a real conversation between you and God, okay? Just make this your own, this isn't a magic prayer. This is a real conversation between you and God, he's all ears, okay? Just say something like this, just say, Father, I believe that you are the light of the world. I believe you, Jesus, are God. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising again for me. And then just humbly say this, right now, in this moment, I receive you, Jesus, to be the king of my life. for those of you that truly meant that as we continue to pray I want you to hold on to this moment don't forget this moment because this is the moment that you can have confidence that when you leave this earth you will no longer die in your sins you have now been saved from your sins and in this moment he has given you the power of his light of his spirit that now lives inside of you and it's guaranteed, it's forever. Father, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for being the light of the world. Forgive us when we allow the darkness to creep into our lives. Thank you for never giving up on us. Thank you for being the light that keeps lighting us up with your love and your truth and your peace. We love you. We pray this in the power of your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Let's give it up for those who put their faith in Jesus for the first time today. That is incredible. That is incredible. Listen, if you made that decision for the first time, please do one more thing. Tell someone. Whoever you came with, you can let us know. You can grab one of us. Just let us know. Don't walk alone, okay?